Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fight fans to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast with your host Sean Bastow joined by Johnston Brown to talk about all the weekend's action. We're going to be talking about Pacquiao Firm and we're going to be talking about White Rivas and the undercard which featured Allen versus Price as well. So before we get into the episode as always please go and find us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM and even Spotify. So let's get into it, Johnston. What a weekend for boxing. I really, really enjoyed it. And where do we start? Because it's been a, a huge weekend. It, it, has, it has. It's been It's been very, uh, very entertaining to watch. Some uh, really good fights. Um, I suppose for me, I, I, I would like to start with Von Gillian. And I thought, um, I thought he, 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 he put in a decent and um, uh, kept his hopes alive of finally getting that, that WBC shot or whatever title shot may fall his way. Um, and yes, I was really pleased with Dylan White's victory over Oscar Rivas. You know, it was a great fight to watch. I really enjoyed watching Dillian White and Oscar Rivas this weekend. I feel like, as no matter how many times we say it, the guy deserves a title shot. He really, really does. And it was funny because even the Sky commentators were were saying it so many times they couldn't emphasize on the fact that he deserved a title shot i think johnny nelson was the one that called the wbc out in the post fight punditry he was talking about how we should be calling them out and they were disgraced for allowing this to even happen at this stage and he's very much right and you know it's something i will agree with him on sometimes he doesn't always get things right when he talks about punditry but i think he was spot on with this and he's echoing whatever a lot well what a lot of people are thinking at 
the moment, which is a bit of a joking. You know, Dillian White took a really tough fight against a really tough guy, and he controlled the fight all the way through. And yes, he got that knockdown, but you know, it's Dillian White, man. He, he's, he's an exciting fight, and you know, there's always that risk he's going to get clipped and he's going to get caught. And it's a cliche saying, but it's heavyweight boxing, and as soon as one punch lands, you know, it could be all over. But I felt like Dillian White completely controlled that fight last night, and the use of the jab was was absolutely fantastic. He used that jab and he used the range to keep Rivas at bay and, you know, popping the right hand down the middle and obviously hurt Rivas in, in round two and he hurt him towards the end of the fight and it just it just goes to show how much the guy has improved. I mean, he's come from small hall shows, fighting week in, near enough week out at times to build his reputation to now be fighting on such a stage and finally getting the recognition that he should have had, what, 600 days ago of being the WBC number one and he's now the interim WBC heavyweight champion. Oh, I'm really pleased for him. He, he put in another fine performance, as you say. I mean, the, the use of his jab was was brilliant on Saturday Saturday night. Um, I think Oscar Rivers found it he's a bit troubled by it. He didn't really know what to do with it and how to get close enough. Um, even though sort of it didn't keep him too far away from him. You know, Rivers just sort of I don't know. I felt like he couldn't really get his shots off early enough. Uh, he built in confidence in the fight, Rebus, and he showed that, you know, that, that excellent amateur pedigree he's got, which which White hasn't got, and, and people may forget that, that White is still pretty raw. He hasn't got that experience that Rivas had and, you know, some of the other guys like your Anthony Joshua's and even your, you know, your, your Hunter Juniors and, and even, um, um, what's his face, who beat AJ recently, the old, uh, the Mexican. Oh, Ruiz. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's the one. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you could you could clearly see he's got a fantastic, he's got a good technique. And Rivers is an excellent fighter. Uh, I think he proved that. And I think White was pretty, you know, he, he even mentioned that after the fight, he was saying that he's a good fighter, this kid, he's a great fighter, and you know, he caused me a world of trouble, and obviously he got put down in the night. But I thought Dillian dealt with it very well. I thought in that last 20 seconds, he came back in, you know, I think the crowd was a little bit, a bit, bit worried about what's going to happen next and then White just put his foot down went for the went for the crunch like he does it's what we always like to see about Dillian when he gets put down or he puts someone else down there's always going to be some sort of entertaining moment during the fight and that's why we watch and that's why people pay to watch Dillian that's why you know your casuals as we say as we've mentioned before the people that don't watch the boxing every weekend these are the guys that put their hands in their pocket to watch Dillian White because he entertains and that's what he's done again you know although he didn't get rid of Revis, I thought it was an excellent fight it was a really entertaining fight and I'm really pleased for Dillian I just hope that he doesn't have to go through another hoop to get their title shot but you know I, I'm not optimistic I can I can see him fighting someone else before he eventually gets the wild of fight but we'll see well they were actually saying weren't they in the post fight interview that they want they want to be back out in sort I think he said November time springs out in my mind that they want to be in another fight and I think they appreciate it's not going to be for the WBC title but it's about keeping active and a lot of the things that really impress me about Dillian is his openness and, and the fact that he admits and people appreciate he, he, the fact he's saying look I didn't have that much amateur experience in compared to a lot of these guys which is what you just touched on earlier Johnston but the fact that he's he's learned a lot of the tricks of the trade through the adverse professional fights that he's been involved in through getting beat you know to guys like Anthony Joshua who then coming back and going on this run of 10 straight wins fighting former world champions fighting guys that are at the elite level that have had years and years of amateur experience and I love the fact that he's, he's, he's willing to fight and he's willing to to risk everything and put it on the line and that's the type of fighter we all want to see that's the type of fighter that we want every heavyweight to be 
we don't want to see guys ducking each other and Dillian White's a guy that's not ducking anybody he will fight anybody and that is why he's become a fan's favourite and I love the fact that he's taken the emotion out of his performances you know he loves to get stuck in and he loves a war but he's picking and choosing now when he wants to go to war when he feels it's the right time to go to war in the middle of the ring and last night showing it yet again he picked he picked his times when he went to war with Rivas because he knew that if he got exchanged with too much with Rivas Rivas you know could potentially land a good right hand and, and really hurt Dillian White again stop him and obviously we've seen that happen you know, in the ninth round, and he picked and chose his times when he wanted to go to war. And it was more about showing the response to what Rivas was putting on him at times when he was trapping him on the rope. So I was really, really impressed with with how much he has come on over the past four or five years. It's it's been a great it's been a great apprenticeship for him, I think. And I think he's ready for this world title shot. A long overdue world title shot and that's what I'm really looking forward to now is the fact that we we're eventually gonna get it. But the question is now, who does he fight in the interim? That's, that's, that's a good question. Um, I really, I, I sort of scratched my head after sort of after the fight. I was sort of sitting there thinking, who is there? Um, in terms of, I still, I, I said it sort of in, in the preview show last sort of last week that yeah, it's difficult because Dylan's he's worked his ass off to get into his position, and it, it seems crazy for him to go into the ring and fight someone with uh, with some substance. I hate to make it sound that way in terms of. You know, basically, I wouldn't mind him having a little cherry picking, giving himself someone a little bit easy, just to just sell some money. Um, I mean, don't even need to be a pay per view event, but just just anyone that you know he could he could probably get a few rounds with, you know, not lose the fight, but and then and then and then move on to that world title fight. But you know, this is Dillian White we're talking about, and he's not going to be interested in that. So I really don't know. I suppose you know because in a way he's almost got a target on his back now, Dillian. He hasn't got a world title, but now there's going to be other fighters that are going to want to want to take him on because of the situation where now you know he possibly could get a shot at a title. He's going to need a fight in the interim. So you know there could be a few guys out there. I mean, I'm thinking of people like maybe like Huey Fury, for instance, maybe that might fancy his chances just go in there and have a, have a fight with Dillian and then, and then sort of if he could defeat and then who knows he, he gets himself that shot I don't know other than that I'm, I'm sort of as I say I'm scratching my head I, I don't know what your thoughts are is there anyone in, in, in mind that jumps to your jumps jump to your head I really don't know it's hard isn't it because when you think about what we've got at the moment you've got a lot of fighters that are potentially going to be tied up I mean we're going to be talking about Chisora's win over Spilka uh, in a little short while but you know the park is probably going to be tied up with Chisora that's probably going to happen next so there's no sort of Joseph Parker rematch going on there I mean Usyk's not made his heavyweight debut there so we can't even think about putting him in with Usyk of course and Mm -hmm. I mean yeah it's hard it is difficult because I know you're saying let him off let him have a bit of a cherry pick but do you really want to be stepping down at this point after after the sort of high levels you've been going to and I'd love to see him have a have an easier fight because I think he deserves an easier fight of course however he's at this stage of his career where you know that one loss could really shatter everything he's worked hard for and even though if he even if he finds somebody you know ranked uh, quite a few places lower than him and it isn't for the right to be the number one contender for the WBC title even if he got that fight and then he lost that fight his reputation is completely damaged from that you know then that's where like you say that target on the back is is constantly on him and he's probably out of all the heavyweights including the champions he's probably the one that's got the biggest target on his back and it sounds strange to say it like that because we've got heavyweight champions with with different belts we've got Wilder and now we've got Ruiz holding all the belts at the moment but there's no big targets on their back really because there's 
Deontay Wilder's looking to fight Ortiz in a rematch. The Joshua Ruiz rematch is, is looking to be pushed for November for, for Wales. So, who else is there to, to go for in the division? Dillian White's the next best thing for any other heavyweight in the division looking to push themselves up to that top end and potentially move on for world titles. Dillian White is the man really now to beat, if you think about it. Aside from the champions, Dillian White is the man to beat in the heavyweight division. So, everyone's going to could be gunning for him. And it wouldn't surprise me if, if you know the Usyk had pushed for a fight with Dillian White quite quickly and I think it's one that has been talked about before in previous interviews and it wouldn't surprise me if that ends up happening before he actually gets a world title shot to be honest with you it really wouldn't but mate I tell you what he put on a great performance I really enjoyed the fight I really enjoyed him stepping up another level to be a guy who is well schooled great amateur career and he was able to handle him the way he did. Just goes to show how much he has come on as a fighter. Really impressed with him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I echo that, really do. Um, yeah, I, I sort of, I was I was pretty sure what was going to win that fight. And then sort of as, as you know, as they came out, I did, I just feel thinking, God, he, he might actually lose this. And I found myself, like, as, as the fan, and, you know, like you do when you watch these fights, you're thinking, oh, I found myself feeling a bit nervous for him because I was sort of thinking, God, oh, he's worked so hard. Like, this would be crazy to lose. But then when he came out and he started that fight, and then in the second round especially, I thought, no, nah, he's got he's, he's, he's in pretty much cruise control. He could actually get rid of him. And then obviously Oscar Rivas again showed his ability to to, to get you know to, to come back in the middle rounds. And obviously with the knockdown as well, he just weren't able to sustain that level and put the pressure on Dillian. Um, I mean, he's done Rivas's you know his reputation no harm. He's going to be a fighter that a few people you know will be looking at, and you know give he's going to give you a few rounds. And you know he could potentially go. You know I think he's was he 30 odd wasn't he so he's still got a little bit in the lock he could go on it. I don't think he's going to win a world title I don't know you never know I mean he, he pushed Dillian well but yeah it's a tough one isn't it it really is um, like you say you don't want Dillian to take a step back because you don't want him to lose that momentum so you need, he needs to keep the momentum going but Usyk uh, if that happens I, I think he's just all wrong I think he's all wrong for many many heavyweights um, I, I know people always allude to the size I've tried to I've looked at you know Usyk and, and you, but you just you, you you just can't say that this guy couldn't beat him. Um, he's just got enough in his locker that Usyk could cause all sorts of trouble um, in this division. So I think that'd be a bad... I mean, why probably take it? I hope he doesn't, because I think Usyk's all wrong for him, and I think Usyk could actually go on and beat him. But, you know, we'll see what happens. It was, it was a great fight, entertaining fight, and... Uh, I'm really pleased for Dillian White and let's just see what happens now let's see who he fights later on let's move on to the other heavyweight fight on this particular bill that we were looking forward to Alan and Price let's talk about that one and I'll start off the bat with this one and say that was the best David Price performance I've seen in about five years I, I can't remember, ever yeah. remember David Price looking as good as that from from, from early, very early on in his career to be honest with you I don't think I've seen him look as good as what he did last night but people will say he was fighting a, a guy who was like a walking target and he was for a lot of the fight and it made it easier for, for David Price. He wasn't under uh, as much intense pressure as what he's been on in the past which is why we've seen him fold a little bit in fights and, and, and end up losing fights but David Allen just kind of plodded forward all night and was just taking him with his face and you know disappointed 
in in Allen personally. I mean, I know people were probably expecting Price to knock him out, and I, I honestly thought Allen would do a little bit more. I thought he would move a little bit more. I thought he would work his way on the inside a little bit better than what he did. But then people are just going to sit there and say, "Well, he was always a limited fighter anyway. He was just exposed even more last night for what he really is." And 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 that's not being overly critical. I think that's just the reality of the situation. Is that David David Allen has sold himself to us, and you know he's been sold to us in a way where you know actually this guy's an underdog this guy is is not a guy who's expected to do things in the sport but yeah he's managed to windle his way into into big fights like this and potentially he was supposed to be for fighting Povetkin if he would have come through this last night and you know after seeing that last night it's a scary thought to think of David Allen versus Alexander Povetkin uh, you know scary to think what would have happened in that particular fight but going back to Pricey then I'm not taking anything away from him because he looks really impressive his hands look really fast his combinations look really sharp all his amateur pedigree came into play last night and we got to see all the boxing ability that has been not neglected as such but it's something we've not seen for a long time as fans watching him in the ring you know he's always had this ability and people just completely forgot about it because of the way he'd, he'd blow up in fights and he you know he'd just go on a, on a on a sort of rocky road all the way down to when he hit the floor it was like you never really thought David Price would pull something like this out of the bag but really impressed with his performance last night and it makes me wonder you know I've always had this thought about him what could he do you know when he's got a legitimate big fight on his hands and we've seen what he, he nearly did with Povetkin and again that was just a case of it I felt like he folded a little bit again and I felt like he was he was doing really well in that fight and, and that's a fight that was winnable for him but I, I, I don't know what what to think of where he goes from here and, and that's the question I'm I'm struggling to sort of ask myself is where do I see him going from here but what do you think then overall about the fight last night what do you think of Price's performance um was you surprised by Alan uh I, I was yeah I, I tipped Alan to win the fight to be honest um I didn't see it going 12 rounds I thought the fight would get stopped by a by stoppage I didn't think it'd be a result of, sort of someone getting pulled out of their corner and I thought I thought it was a, it was a tough one to call because I always felt that if Price could land on Alan even though Alan has got you know he's known for that granite chin he could get rid of him um, so the, the more the fights sort of wore on it weren't a good performance at all really from Alan in terms of Price brilliant um, but again I mean the fact is is that you know it's hard to I've got you've got to give Price credit but I think people always look to the fact is that Alan didn't really put the pressure on him so you know he was able to just to go at his own pace which is which if you're going to beat someone like a David Price you can't do that you want to go at him you want to you want to keep it at your pace at a high tempo because that's where he starts to lose his stamina and then he's susceptible to getting knocked out um, but on the other side just susceptible of getting caught by him himself so like exactly like the Vetkin fight, but Vetkin down, you're thinking, wow, is he going to beat him? And then all of a sudden he flipped on his head and then Vetkin got rid of him. But I was I was really pleased with Price's performance. I thought he'd done it. You know, he showed all the fundamentals that he learned from his amateur game and all everything he learned, all his craft in, in the ring throughout all the years in the pro game. Um, you know, he's had a few losses. I mean, three of those losses. I mean, the Tony Thompson, the two Tony Thompson fights. I mean, rumour has it that Tony Thompson was, was juiced up, so who knows? You know, and then there was the other one with, was it Te- Tepo or Can Tepo? That, he was juiced up, was he? Was it, if I got the name right, I have. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you could, you could probably you could squat three of them losses, couldn't you, really, for Pricey, just to, to be fair to the fella. So, you know, in actual fact, he's really only lost three, if you really want to look into it. You know, I think it would be well within his right to request. I think he did request to have them them defeat stripped because of the fact that those those guys were juiced up. So, but either way, he's very he's susceptible to to getting caught. I mean, he's now talking about he's gonna 
he's looking at getting a Povetkin rematch because obviously with Allen that was looking like it was going to happen if he could get past Price. But so it'd be interesting to see what Price does and whether he does take that. That's probably the only. I mean, if he goes down that Povetkin route, it'd probably be it in terms of another big fight. So if it's going to be with Price now, the next next loss, surely that is it. Um, He's shown a good attitude like the other night and I was really pleased he got the result. I think he, you know, I've backed Pricey from day dot. I was a big fan of his from, from the early days before the Thompson fights and I sort of got a bit sold into the old, the way Matram promoted him and he was going to the Klitschko fights and I thought, no, this guy has got potential and obviously that all sort of fell away. But, um, you know, I, I've, I've, I've liked, I like Price. He's a likeable guy. I think the problem with him is mentally, isn't it? It's whether he believes he's able to win a fight the more that fight went on the other night, you know, he could see the confidence coming into play. And if he can continue that, you know, who knows what he could do. He could fight Povetkin. He could get a win. Doesn't really, again, it doesn't mean, Matt, mean much, no. I mean, maybe we could stick him in the ring with Dillian White. Dillian White, I fight him. <laughs> who knows, eh? Um, but yeah, it weren't the best of fights to watch. I think he was, you know, I think Alan should have been pulled out. I think he had a broken cheekbone. That's what I'm hearing this morning. I don't know how true that is. Um, so that's what I'm hearing. Um, and I think Alan's all sort of debating with going to call it a day or not so we'll see what happens um, it weren't the best of fights but I was pleased for Price so good luck to the fellow hopefully he can get one more big fight and you know it's going to be just one win away isn't it from retirement or one loss away from retirement from Price so but yeah it is what it is we'll, we'll see what happens Chisora Spilker then great performance from Chisora what an absolute <laughs> stunning knockout and you know Chisora must be an absolute betting nightmare for people who gamble because you really don't know whether he's going to come in there and, and just be crap which we've seen before or whether he's going to come in there and absolutely pr- produce an absolutely stunning knockout he did it against Takam and now he's done it again against Spilker and you know it was horrible to see Spilker get absolutely destroyed that way he was, he was on the floor for a a good what two minutes you know looking like he was needing real serious help you know fortunately he got up and he was okay after being looked after by the medical teams there and Chisora man he's just he's not finished yet is he every time we think he's finished and every time we think he's one loss away from retirement he just comes back and proves us all wrong yet again what a performance that was I really really enjoyed it and I just gotta say like Chisora Parker now just makes for a, for a fantastic and exciting fight oh I agree with you I mean Chisora he's, he's funny and you, know? you just don't know as you as you rightly put it that was how I, I, I sat on the fence this one I wasn't sure if he comes in the right attitude he could he could get rid of Spilker um, and that was what he did he come in and you know even they were even mentioning in the commentary how nervous he was about fighting a Southpaw and even the build up to the fight he was, he was why you got me in with Southpaw for you know what I mean why am I fighting Southpaw there's no need for me to be fighting him um, and then in the end he said literally even said in his interview after it was you know he, he felt comfortable in the last few sessions going into the fight and it was clear to see. I mean, that was an unbelievable knockout. Um, I mean, he's with the first, I think it was a big right hand and he's sort of got his hands up and then, and then he hit him again. And I, and I thought that was really nice for him to go. But as I'm watching it in slow mo, it's so, so easy to say that. Well, when, when, you know, when you speed it up, I, there was no, the hands went down, he's hit him and he's gone and literally gone out. And he, I mean, it was a beautiful knockout from Chisora. And yeah, Parker, great stuff. I'd, I'd watch it. I would. And I think it'd be a good scrap. It will be a good scrap. I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Easy, easy pickings now for with them both being promoted by Matchroom so it's nice nice easy fight to make for them both great payday probably for them both 
Wouldn't surprise me if Hearn tries to sell it on pay-per-view. Really wouldn't surprise me. But it's definitely a fight that yeah. I, I would definitely want to watch because I think it'd be a real good scrap between the two of them. And I don't know if it'd be a scrap that'd go 12 rounds. I don't know. I think it'd be really good while it lasted. But I'll save that one for a potential preview episode in the future about what I think will really go down. But yeah, I really enjoyed that. Three great heavyweight fights. But, you know, we were talking a little bit about the undercard of the bill. And there's one fight that really, really stood out and well two two fights actually i'm not gonna lie two the two undercard fights which we touched on last week the southern area title and obviously the cruiserweight clash between react and chris billam smith both of them fights really really delivered and it turned out to be an overall value for money pay-per-view for people that didn't illegally stream it of course uh, it was it was great it was great billam smith and react was a cracking fight i really enjoyed that one and it was a very very close fight I think the right man won in Reactpour just about, but I think it's definitely worthy of a rematch. And I think Chris Billum Smith really got some heart and some absolute big grapefruits to, to, to do what he did on the night. I really, really enjoyed the performance of both men. And the same goes for the Southern Area light heavyweight title between Dan Aziz and Charlie Duffield. You know, Charlie Duffield's stories touched a lot of people. Anyone that's, you know, dealing with mental health issues in the past that we've that we've spoke about, you know, that all the comeback stories are always really fantastic to hear about. But Charlie Duffield man was just completely outclassed by Dan Aziz. Dan Aziz is a guy that I've been telling a lot of people about for quite a while. And the guys that cover the Southern Area, the, the New Age Boxing podcast they talk about Dan Aziz a lot because he's on a lot of the Goodwin shows. He's promoted by MTK, but the guy he's been he's been rocking the York Hall for quite a while now, and and he came here to to the O2 and he absolutely did a number on Duffield for me, and he just shown that he he belonged at that level. And two great fights, two great performances on the night, and yeah, really really enjoy both of them fights as well. Yeah, excellent, excellent addition to the card. Uh, React poor Bill and Swift. Really- Really was an excellent fight. Um, I think I think React Paul just shaded it just from the knockdown uh, of Bill and Smith, which is a bit. It was a bit of a funny one because I mean that wasn't what at the time. I wasn't sure if he actually if it was a knockdown or not. Um, I don't know. I mean, it was. It, you know, it is again. The referee called it. That's how it, that's how it goes. Uh, but Bill and Smith for me. I mean, he, he was brilliant. He really was. It was just even. It was one round, one way, and it was it was two and throw, and then and. and I forget if it was. It might have even been like the ninth round, or right towards the end, or the last round. And react poor it, Bill and Smith with this absolute wonderful uppercut, and I do not know how on earth Bill and Smith didn't even. He didn't even get rocked, the fella. I mean, it was it was impressive. He showed a granite chin that night, and they both did. They were both, you know, they they put on a war. Um, and I'd definitely like to see a rematch. You could stick that on any card. It was a good, good tussle, and you know, hopefully the next time that they they put that fight a bit. Bit higher up on the card because we good to see a few more people watching that because that was an excellent fight for the cruiserweight again, which is the British cruiserweight. It's just brilliant. And then again, Dan Aziz, as you mentioned, yeah, I've seen him a couple of times. He's also shown up on you know little bits and bobs here and there. Um, he does look really good. Um, and Charlie Duffield again, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought that Aziz would win the fight, but you know, unlucky from Duffield. He, again, he got it was a big shot. He got sort of wobbled with it and eventually put down and the towel did come in a little bit too late for Duffield in that sixth round but Aziz got rid of him it was a wonderful little combo and um, Duffield had no way he was going to get up and before that I mean his eye was really badly swollen as well Duffield so you know uh, it was it was always on the cards as you're watching it sort of around the fourth and fifth and sort of thinking yeah this is sort of going only one way um, but you know again light everyone one punch can change all sorts but 
Really pleased with Dan Aziz, and I react poor and Billis with getting it on again because that was another cracker. It was, and then you had Dalton Smith, son of Grant Smith, who trains the Edwards brothers, getting another great performance, stopping Ibra Riaz, which was impressive because, you know, Ibra Riaz actually, even though he's had about 170 odd fights, he's only ever been stopped three times in his whole career, and for him to be stopped there is a statement, really, for a guy that goes out there every week and knows how to survive against all these great prospects, and, you know, that, that that's to me, that's making a statement to be honest with you so that was another good performance and the, the, the funniest part of the whole thing to me was uh, Fabio Wardley in his in his heavyweight fight oh, I can't believe which <laughs> I can't believe what he said in between the rounds he said to his trainer are we having a five guys afterwards in between the middle <laughs> of the rounds he's just thinking about yeah you know what I'm just got to finish this guy off and I'm going for a five guys you know that's absolutely <laughs> hilarious you know oh, what what a way to kind of put yourself on on the map the guy's gone a little bit viral on social media over the past 24 hours all sorts of news outlets reporting on heavyweight boxer asked for five guys in the middle of bout you know that's the type of stuff that's been going around all day today so but you know generally it was a good performance from Fabio as well he enjoyed watching him get another victory under his belt and overall I think yes Eddie Hearn was saying this would be the best matchroom show of the year and he's right and that's only because he sold us a load of shit in the UK for the previous six months we got a really really good card on Saturday night so overall really impressed great performances from some of the lads on there and I want to move on and, and talk about the big one over in America the one that we was previewing as well on a separate episode last week which was Manny Pacquiao Keith Thurman you know all I've got to say here is I told you so <laughs> He did, you did, mate. Um, you know what? I, I was so pleased for Manny. Um, I, I really, I couldn't see it. I just thought the size and the youth was going to play, play its toll and it eventually that would be enough for him. But boy, was I wrong. Manny Pacquiao showed what he's all about still. Uh, he's wide page of 40 years old. And obviously put him down early in that first round and that made all the difference, really. Um, I thought Pacquiao dominated the early stages of that fight. Furman sort of found his way back in. He was in through the middle rounds, and then, and then Pacquiao had that late surge again. Um, it was always in the fight, Pacquiao. He was always pretty much controlling it for me. I mean, I didn't score the fight necessarily. I felt that Pacquiao had won the fight by a couple of rounds. I was just watching it. I've only watched it once. I've not watched it since. But, you know, I watched it once, and I think that's the general consensus is that Pacquiao won it. I think no, there was no quarrels about that. You know, I suppose the one judge that went Furman's way was a little bit confused. You know, I didn't quite see that. Um... So I was pleased when the split decision came up. I didn't know I watched this this like this morning. By the way, I didn't watch it live. Um, so yeah, I, I did worry. I you know, as I said, I you know, to save face, probably would have won a Furman to win it because I was saying Furman's going to win it. But you know, I'm a Manny Pacquiao fan. I'm always going to back him. My heart always wanted him to win the fight, and I'm pleased he did. And sure, mate, uh, great pick and and, and deservedly so. I'm, I'm really pleased for Manny. And yeah, just I can't believe the guy's still doing it. I mean, what are we going to we going to see a fight Crawford and Spencer? I mean, that's nuts isn't it to see Pacquiao 40 year old who would have thought that um, sort of like a year ago but um, uh, for me I think he should step in the ring with Polter get himself another belt unify the division next year because I think he could beat Polter interesting well I really enjoyed Pacquiao's performance. After watching it, I felt like this was the Manny Pacquiao of, what, five, six years ago, maybe even seven years ago, and I really enjoyed his performance. He did what I thought he was going to do, to be honest with you. He out-hustled and he out-gunned and he out-manned Keith Thurman in there. Keith Thurman had never been in the ring with somebody like Manny Pacquiao before, and that was what I was talking about in the preview episode, is that you know he's had a long layoff, he had a really tough fight against Jose Cito Lopez, who gave him a bit of trouble in that particular 
particular fight and shouldn't have done really given the level Thurman was supposed to be at and yet Manny Pacquiao goes in there uh, and does a little bit of a number on him and I think he you know the the cards were can be at times very very bad and I think the split decision was was wasn't a great decision. I think it was a unanimous decision. Personally, I think Pacquiao won the fight clearly and cleanly for me. And even at the end of the fight, when obviously Thurman's raising Pacquiao's hand himself, kind of tells you the story straight away. When somebody does that, you know, body language tells you the story at the end of every single fight. You know who's won that fight or who who's who thinks they've won that fight and who thinks they've lost that fight. And uh, Thurman knew there he lost that fight and. You state of Thurman's face really afterwards tells you a picture as well, and I know sometimes he doesn't always tell the story of a fight, but you know Manny Pacquiao had not a single mark on him, whereas Thurman, you know, was bruises and cuts and all sorts of little nicks on his face, and yeah, I think Thurman was was you know was was outmanned and out out old manned is the word old man. He was old man by a forty year old Pacquiao, and I think what I wanted to address is arguments that have been going on across social media today, and there's loads of different people that are on certain sides of the fence here about that performance the majority of the people are on one side of the fence are saying he's one of the greatest fighters that I've ever lived for him to do what he's done at 40 years old is amazing and then you've got the other side of the fence that are saying well it wasn't a VADA tested fight so it was clearly juiced up and that was a juiced up Manny Pacquiao beating Thurman Thurman you know would never have, have, have been beaten if Manny Pacquiao wasn't on peds come on What's going on here now? You know, like this is this is the bullshit that that brings the the bullshit boxing fans out. Like, how the fuck do you know he's on peds? How do you know he's juiced up? Honestly, answer that to the fans out there, to the listeners. If anyone's listening to this, who, who follows us on a regular basis, how do you know that he's been taking peds? You don't. None of us know. And if he has been taking them all of his career, how has he not been found out yet? All the big superstars of boxing, the Canelos, he was found out. He was found out. So if Canelo can be found out, if Manny Pacquiao's been taking him through his career, either he's a really, really, really clever man and a really clever team around him to be able to avoid that, or he's just a clean fighter and a naturally gifted athlete and people just don't want to accept it. And I was saying to somebody this morning that Bernard Hopkins did it, he was a clean fighter, he was never accused of being a juiced up fighter, but yet he old manned a Kelly Pavlik do you know, for me he's, he's a superior athlete and he's, le- he's led a clean life outside of the ring and I just don't think people want to accept the fact that a 40 year old Manny Pacquiao was able to do that to arguably someone who was supposed to be one of the top welterweights in the division and the guy that was potentially going to go in and, and unify that division, no one can accept it, well a lot of people can't accept it. I can accept it. I know you can accept it. But there's a lot of people out there that really seem to can't accept it. So what's your whole thoughts on this VADA testing situation? The fact that it wasn't brought in for this particular fight? And is he juiced up? Is he not juiced up? What do you think about it all, Johnston? Uh, mate, I think they're classing it's Joe's way, to be quite honest with you. I think you, you're going to knock Manny Pacquiao up because he's a 40-year-old man and he's just beat up a 30-year-old fella. Shit, mate, it happens. It's happened in... It's, for years and years in boxing, go and do your fucking history. That's what I'll say. Because quite simply, Manny Pacquiao for me isn't a cheat. He's never been caught as a cheat. Until he's caught as a cheat, then fine, I'll accept it. I'll say, do you know what? Yeah, you were bang on, but he hasn't. You know, so for me, I think that's just the clutching at straws, and it's a bit of a hater thing, really. I don't know, maybe maybe they're Mayweather fans, you know, Mayweather sitting <laughs> in the crowd. And people don't want to admit the fact that Manny Pacquiao, for a lot of people that actually love boxing, the door boxing, like, like we do, Sean. I mean, I'll put Manny Pacquiao ahead of Floyd Mayweather in my all-time 100 
all day long because Manny Pacquiao has proved to me that he is one of the best fighters that's ever lived in the game. Throughout, you could stick him in any era and he would do a fucking job. The, the guy is a phenomenon. He's brilliant. I, 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 it annoys me. It really does. It does frustrate me because Manny Pacquiao is a legend and he's just proved it again against Keith Thurman. You know, you, all right, you can, people are going to say he's, doing, he's juiced up. Or he's, I think, seriously, you're clutching the a load of bollocks, you know. And, and Manny Pacquiao, he done what he, you know, what I hoped he would do. He did, he old manned him, he, he, and, and he, he shut him up. And uh, do you know what? That was, that was great. It was fantastic for me. Because, I, I mean, I'm not, as I even alluded to last week, I'm not a big confirmer fan. I just felt that his youth, his size, his speed would be enough. In actual fact, neither of them happened. He didn't show no footwork for me. He didn't do anything that he, I, thought, I, would, I was assuming he would you know, it, when he started to work on the little on the outside for, for a couple of rounds, he did it. I thought he, he looked pretty decent. And then he tried to go toe to toe with Manny, think maybe he's 10 years younger, he can get rid of him, and Manny proved it wrong. Um, you don't do that. Not even Floyd Mayweather did that. You know, people, even the commentators have mentioned about what Floyd Mayweather did to him and how great Floyd Mayweather is. Floyd Mayweather hit and run. I mean, I'm not, that, that's for me. Floyd Mayweather for the first 10 years of his career was, was brilliant. You watched the first 10 years of Mayweather's career, I thought it was outstanding. The second 10 years for me, I'll always pick at it because he hit and run. He just, he was a one punch and he would, he would he'd move away. That was, he weren't like a, a Lomachenko that sits in the pocket for me. So I think that always, that's where I think this bollock stems from, Sean. And it does irritate. I'll go on a rant here because I'm a Manny Pacquiao fan and I think it's just bollocks. The people even alluding to the fact that he's juiced up because he just beat Furman. Furman isn't as good as he says. That's the trouble. And and, and, and Manny proved it. And I'm really pleased for him. He old man did it. Boy, wicked for Manny. Wicked for Manny. I'm really pleased. Yeah, I can't echo what you've just said enough. And, you know, people that are listening, I think there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that know that we're not really a, a biased podcast as such. You know, we are fans. We do have favourite fighters and all the rest of it. But we try to be as objective as possible. But I think the people that are coming out with this whole, oh, he's, he's juiced up, he's just, like you say, it is an excuse. It is an excuse to try and justify the fact that Pacquiao's just be the younger, fresher, supposedly better fighter fighter at this stage of the career and that Manny Pacquiao wasn't supposed to go in there and do that and you know people have done it for years as you say and I, I'm really pleased for him I think it's it's amazing what he's done in the sport it's, it's an amazing Thank stamp you. what he's put on the sport and you know like you said and I agree with one of the comments you made a little bit earlier if you're going to look at who you'd put Manny Pacquiao above I'd put him above Mayweather as well I would 100% all day put him above Mayweather yes we know Mayweather beat him and he beat him in a convincing fashion on, on, on points. But for me, what Manny Pacquiao has achieved in his career overall is phenomenal. And Mayweather can only dream of having a legacy like that. Yet he retired undefeated and arguably contested by a lot of fans. He was a bit of a cherry picker at times. I'm not going to sit here and go into Mayweather's resume all the way through the rest of the podcast but people do talk about Mayweather in that in that sense that he cherry picks a lot of his fighters you know there was there was fighters that he did get in the ring with who were in the prime or were coming up to the prime or whatever but he seemed to pick the fights at the right times and Pacquiao's just gone in there with you know think about some of the names on his record for God's sake Barrera Morales Juan Manuel Marquez Ricky Hatton he's been in the ring with Mayweather yes he lost to Mayweather he's beat Keith Furman you know he's beat guys that have been coming through as of the as of recently you know the fights with Tim Bradley people easily forget about them fights as well the guy man he's, he's going to go down as one of the greatest fighters that has ever lived and it won't surprise me if in another 10 years down the line and people start doing all the the top 20 pound for pound list that of all 
time, Manny Pacquiao's got to be in there somewhere for what he's actually achieved in this sport. You've got to put him in there somewhere. It's a very subjective list, very, very subjective. But for oh. me, Pacquiao, Pacquiao's got to be in there somewhere. And that is my opinion. That is my preference in terms of all the fighters over the years. Pacquiao is one of them that is, is a great of the modern era. And I think we just need to appreciate what, what he's got left and what we've got him here because he's going to retire, isn't he, soon? Surely he's going to retire maybe in the next 18 months. Then he's going to go on and, and try and do good things in his own country. So, for me, we've got to try and appreciate what he's brought to the table while he's been here. And again, beating Thurman has just proved what how much of a legend he really is. Great performance, great win for him. Really pleased to see that. And looking at the rest of that particular card, it was the most competitive card of the weekend. Some real great clashes over the weekend. Uh, and, you know, one particular upset that stood out for me was uh, Jordanius Ugas beating Omar Figueroa Jr. Absolutely dominating him on points. 190 107 and all three cards Omar Figueroa Jr. was the was the guy who was being touted to to go on to do greater things in the sport you know he was he beat Ricky Burns a couple of years ago and then he's beat guys like Antonio DeMarco Robert Guerrero John Molina Jr. whereas you know looking at Ugas's career Ugas had lost four times and nobody was kind of expecting maybe this to go this way but it did and it was a great win for Ugas and then you had Caleb Plant destroy Mike Lee in their super middleweight bout. Uh, that was like, wow. You know, Caleb Plant, another guy who, uh, he's got a fantastic, well, it's not a fantastic story, but, you know, where he's come from to where he is now is, is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, lose, losing his child and recently losing his mum as well and becoming the world champion. And, you know, he's just, he's a guy that you can't not love. And he's a guy I want to see fight Callum Smith. You know, we're looking at that division and looking at the super middleweight division. We're talking about fights for Billy Joe Saunders and Callum Smith. Step forward, Mr. Caleb Plant. Come on. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I would, I would love to see that. I mean, he's... <laughs> I, I sort of, I didn't knock Caleb Plant, but I thought, you know, the Uzeki guy fight when he, he won the title and then obviously he fought Mike I didn't really know too much about him, but, um, you know, he's sort of the one fella out there in the super, you know, super middleweight division that, you know, he's a, leg, a, leg, a legitimate champion. Um, he's got, he's holds a, a proper title, an IBF title, you know, one of the big ones. And, you know, you talk about Callum Smith, I think that'd be a perfect fight for Callum. Um, even if Liam Williams could get himself in there, that'd be brilliant. Uh, he's the guy there that, um, Oh, Liam was sorry, my bad. He's midway. That's a bit But um, yeah, um, yeah. Again, another great performance from Callum. I'm really pleased. Obviously, he had that that tragic story in his background, so that's really bad. I mean, it, but you know, he's come through that and showed great character, hasn't he? Um, I suppose Louis Louis Neary as well. He got he got the win against Payano. Took him nine rounds. Um, a little bit longer than Nure. Um, it'd be an interesting one if Nure can uh, can beat Denier and with with an two would eventually meet. That would be brilliant to see. Um, yeah, you guess great performance for him beating Figueroa and um, and the other fellow that I say a Jack. Um, he won a, a ten round decision as well. So um, yeah, it was a, again a good card, um, really good card. Just as just as good as the matchroom one. Um, some excellent fights on there, um, and yeah, just just a, another good night of boxing. Well, I was at the Ultimate Boxer on Friday night. Which- which was on BC Sport, uh, bits of it on YouTube and Facebook and, you know, 
I really, really enjoyed that show. And I think for anybody listening who maybe is in the USA or Canada or, you know, the guys that listen from, from outside of the UK that listen to this podcast, check out The Ultimate Boxer. You can find it on YouTube. It's a fantastic little tournament. Uh, we used to do it over here. Matchroom used to do it in Eddie Hearn. It was called Prize Fighter. Very similar format. Well, identical format. Uh, but I, Eddie Hearn used to bring in sort of notable names or, you know, you know sort of fighters that were past it a little bit but were names and he'd bring them in and then he'd throw a few up and comers in there and he'd get them involved but this is more about all up and coming fighters in the division this was the cruiserweight division and I tell you what my word there were some absolute cracking fights on that card so for anybody that's not checked out the ultimate boxer card from Friday night go on YouTube and check it out there's one particular fight which was the semi-final which was Rishan Erlington versus Damian Chambers it's one of the best three round fights I have ever seen because it's a three round fight tournament obviously everyone's going to go guns blazing because they want to try and get the fights over early so they can progress on the tournament but that particular fight Erlington and Chambers was unbelievable it had everybody on the feet you know people at home absolutely amazed by it people have been tweeting about it still over the weekend with all the other stuff that's gone on this weekend i'm still seeing people talking about this particular fight and i was there and it was a great little atmosphere and the whole event was really well run as well i think people were were shitting on it a little bit you know thursday friday time saying oh it's not really been promoted that well uh and, and someone made a great point of the fact that the difficulty with this particular event is that it was overshadowed by what else was going on over the weekend with White and Rivas's card and obviously the Pacquiao Furman bout. If this would have been on any other week, this would have been the complete talk of the weekend, this whole event, because it was really well done, really well executed, really enjoyable for a lot of people as well. And I just wanted to bring that to, to the attention, really, mostly for the UK listeners, but obviously for the US listeners, the Canada listeners, the Australian listeners, you know, go and check it out, please, because because it was an absolutely cracking little tournament and I don't really want to talk too much about how it all went down and the winners in case any of you guys have not actually watched it yet I'd rather leave that one for you uh, to go and watch because it was was great but unbelievable night and it was great to be a part of it it was great to be there interviewing some of the fighters and we've got some cracking photos from ringside that we've put out as well on each sleep boxing repeats media platform so go and check them out if you've not already seen them but overall Johnston you know the weekend itself was a fantastic weekend for boxing we got some great cards i think for me fight of the weekend this is a good one now because we had some cracking fights over the weekend but for me my fight of the weekend is going to be Pacquiao Furman just because of the fact that I predicted Pacquiao was going to roll Man Thurman and I felt so strongly about it and to, to see all the smiles wiped from the faces of all the Furman fans and all the Pacquiao haters was you know it was it was delightful I was just sat there you know with a big smile on my face reading through it all the, this morning fantastic what about you fight of the weekend uh, fight of the weekend for me is I, I'm, I'm on the same page I just uh, you know Manny Pacquiao beating Keith Furman was a lovely treat to watch the smile I, I, I stayed away from my phone so I could watch it especially and I was really pleased um, uh, just just really I mean he's now the oldest welterweight champion now I think at four years old there's no one ever has been, never been 40 years old and held that world welterweight title uh, or a world welterweight title belt but oh brilliant you know I mean I, I did go on a little rant there earlier <laughs> but um, I, you know I 
we do try to be non-biased here and, and for me I'm a Manny Pacquiao fan I've, always, I've, I've enjoyed watching him and it, 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 I think the reason why I get so sort of angry with it is because uh, you know you, you know when you watch someone you, you spend a lot of time and hours and then you know you feel you'd feel cheated if you found out that he was cheating so i think that's probably why you know you, we invest a lot of time into these fighters as well you know we're, we're boxing fans and you know the last thing you want to do is you hear about these geezers that were taking illegal substances and then when, when they've not been caught and you hear that sort of crap it does really get under your skin but yeah man i'm 100 manny Pacquiao. i think that was a fight of the fight of the weekend for me but in saying that, I really like the React Paul Bill and Smith fight. That was a brilliant fight. Really good cruiserweight scrap. That was the other one that had been a close second. Obviously, White put in a decent performance as well. But I really enjoyed the uh, React Paul Bill and Smith fight. It was an excellent fight. But I'm with you. I'm, I'm really happy. I'm pleased you got it right, Sean. I really am. I just felt <laughs> the younger man was going was gonna to do the job. And I'm really pleased he didn't. Because as I say, I'm not a massive fan of Keith Thurman. I'm not a massive fan of his fans. So, you know brilliant i'm just really happy for manny um uh, i just you know again i, I mean i mentioned Sean paul i think he could win that fight i really do um that'd be a cracking fight as well Sean paul brings it doesn't he so that'd be a really interesting scrap if we could get that obviously Carl's obviously sort of hanging on to the coattails of manny pacquiao again and he trying to push that fight in who knows maybe maybe mayweather sat at ringside might be thinking i'll come out and fight him again i doubt it he don't like the uh trilogies and things like that or when he does, they're never the greatest of fighters when he does do them. It's not like Manny does, you know. Manny, it's a difference for me. He will fight someone three or four times. He, that's just in his nature. He's just a fighter. But, yeah, I'm rabbiting, but brilliant. Great fight. That was the fight of the weekend, and I'm just really pleased that Manny Pacquiao could do what he did again. And, and just, just great news, really. Is. I know you're rabbiting about it, but you know what you've just kind of brought to my attention when you talked about the fact Manny Pacquiao will fight, fight people three or four times if he has to? When you, we look back... In boxing history, I mean, we look at some of the fighters we've we, we, we've loved and, and loved, you know, sort of growing up, learning about that. Even though ones that were way before our time, guys like Sugar Ray Robinson, guys like Joe Lewis, you know, these are the types of fighters that would fight other opponents three or four times if they had to, just to just to make a statement, just to just because these were the fighters that were around at the time, the best of the best, and he would fight them. And Pacquiao, for me, he's done the same. You know, look at some of the fights he's been involved with. You know, Mark. I've talked about it, four fights with Marquez, fantastic little fights there, go and check them out, great, great fights to go and check out, probably will come up for Legendary Nights at some point, I would have thought, then he's got the fights, he's got the fights with Tim Bradley as well, you know, the fights with Tim Bradley, you know, and then he's got, man, it's just, it's just a who's who, isn't it really, the fights with Morales, the fights with Barrera, two or three times, it's, it's, when we, when it's all said and done for him, and we look back on this, 10, 20, 30 years down the line and all these different fighters have come and gone when you look at Manny Pacquiao people will speak about him in the same way people speak about the Sugar Ray Robinsons the Joe Lewis, the Jack Johnsons they're going to speak about him in the same way because he's, he's, he is a legend and I just pray and I'm not a religious man by the way but I pray that he, he has been clean throughout his career I don't cast any doubt upon him. I really don't. But I just pray that, you know, that little smidgen of doubt is always going to be there in your mind. I just pray that he hasn't took anything throughout his career. Uh, he, you know, he's just, just, he'll just tarnish what is such a fantastic legacy that he has built from, from the ground upwards, you know. From the man that was walking around barefoot with no clothes on in the Philippines to what he's got today. It's not just an unbelievable career. I know it's an unbelievable story as well. And yes, it does sound like we're absolutely loving the hell out of Pacquiao, but why shouldn't we? Because the guy has achieved so much in his career. I just, you know, 
hope that it never comes out that he's a drugs cheat because I think we'd get absolutely inundated with people going, I told you, I told you so, I told you he was a drugs cheat and all this, <laughs> everything you said on that episode was bullshit. No, I, I honestly don't think he will. I, I do genuinely believe, I don't know the guy, I don't know what he puts in his body and I'm never going to probably know the guy but... I do genuinely believe the way he carries himself as a person, as a fighter, I think he's just led a very, very clean life. And I think that we're going to talk about him in 20 years' time as, as one of the greatest fighters that has ever lived. And, and you know, that's no under, that's no overstatement. I think that is true. I think that's how we're going to talk about him. But, yeah, anyway, going back to what you were saying, fights over the weekend, the Manny Pacquiao one for me was, was the one that I really enjoyed most. And then going back to the White-Rivas fight, I really, really enjoyed White versus Rivas. And, obviously, you know, White and all the bullshit with the WBC. A lot of people on Twitter are just absolutely hounding the WBC now because they believe that he should get his shot sooner rather than later and I think there was even people mentioning about the fact that they should do what they did with Canelo and you know they should make Wilder a franchise champion which is again absolutely fucking ludicrous ludicrous if they did that because it's just adding more belts nobody wants to see another bullshit belt brought into the sport just give him the bloody fight just give him the fight let's see it let's get it on that's what we want to see we probably know it isn't going to happen anytime soon but I'm just so passionate about seeing White get a world title shot you know it's, it's untrue I think if anybody in boxing throughout every single weight category at the moment deserves a title shot it's Dillian White there's nobody else out there that deserves it more than him in any way category in boxing at the moment and I will stand by that and I think there's a hell of a lot of people out there that will also stand by that fact as well it was also good to see Lomachenko and Usyk as well I noticed they were floating around in the backstage and in the crowd there obviously we've got the announcement of Lomachenko versus Luke Campbell officially being announced tomorrow at a press conference that's a a, a fight that I would look forward to to be honest maybe a lot of people are already you know putting Campbell to the slaughter of course but you know he's he's, he's, he's come up trumps in some of his big fights but hey ho it's boxing isn't it? it all it takes is one punch all it takes is one movement and we could be seeing a completely different landscape and Eddie Hearn you know how he is he loves he loves his fighters and he's absolutely praying for a Lomachenko win here because he's losing all his cash cow fighters at the moment yeah yeah I can't I mean I'm great I'm, I'm pleased uh, that it's been announced in you know London. it's been sort of hanging around in the background and I think Campbell everyone knew it was going to come eventually um, I'm really pleased that for Campbell I mean, we, we obviously see him against Linares um, a couple of years ago, and he ended up getting eventually. Um, he got beaten. That was, I think it was his first defeat, or his second defeat, wasn't it? After the other Mendy, Mendy first defeat of his career. But uh, I mean, I'm, again, I'm an admirer of Manny Pacquiao. I'm an admirer of Lomachenko. I mean, the guy is just unbelievable to watch, isn't he? I mean, as I say, when people talk about the sweet science of boxing, you know. People may always jump on the Mayweather bandwagon, and as I say, Mayweather is. I'm banging on about the Mayweather drum here, but those last ten years are not the Mayweather you see before that. Lomachenko is your sweet side. He's the man that sits in the pocket, and that's what makes it so important that he does. He's in front of the guy, and they miss, and then he can return it with something. That is the sweet side of boxing. People say. Don't get it and hit, which is exactly what it is, but don't hit and run. That's just, that ain't a sweet side. That's something completely different. That's something that someone else made up. Lomachenko is a sweet side to boxing. I love watching the guy, and, and I like Campbell. I like all of our fighters, but I just think, again, Lomachenko, man, you're talking about the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world, bar Crawford, possibly. Um, who knows? As you say, anything can happen. Who knows? Maybe 
he has an off night and he gets beat. But even if he has an off night, I still think you know he's got enough to, in the bag to win the fight. Um, for me, Lomachenko in boxing at this moment in time is like your Messi or your Ronaldo in football. You know, like your bolting athletic. That's how good I rate the man, and you know, and people need to just just accept it. I think people just want to pick and nitpick at who he's fought and I think you just need to just watch the man fight and that is the sweet side of boxing you want to watch how boxes how you do it there's your man but yeah I, you know, I'm happy for Campbell I just can't I can see it only going one way yeah it's hard isn't it you want to you want to back the Brit you want to back him because he's your fellow countryman but it's very difficult really and as I always allude to the fact we are uh, we try to be as unbiased and we try to be as objective as possible and being objective about the whole situation early early signs say that you know Lomachenko is probably going to do a bit of a number on him and you know he's just going to another guy who's you know potentially going to go on to get to that Manny Pacquiao status in the future you know <laughs> he's just absolutely, yeah. you know, he's he's doing he's doing numbers on people, and when we get to see the bigger bigger fights for him, and even greater fights, the legacy defining fights, that's when we'll really get to see the very very best of Lomachenko, I think, and, and I'm really excited to see what happens. You know, fair fair enough. Luke Campbell's taking the fight; it's a big fight. He's you know he's well, I think he's about 30, 31 himself. I think he's at a stage of his career where he should be pushing for big fights. He's got to push for these big fights. He's earned his shot at a world title again. So fair play I think I'd give him more of a chance than what obviously Anthony Crawler had against Lomachenko I don't think he, yeah. he will dismantle Campbell the way he dismantled Crawler because they are on different levels in terms of their boxing ability but I do think it'll be a very difficult night for, for Luke Campbell and I think we'll get to see a very entertaining night from, from Lomachenko but yeah but that's it from me I haven't got anything else to, to cover off from this week and is there anything else you wanted to cover before we wrap it up? Uh, just uh, Lopez to your firm in Lopez um Picked up a victory, won his UD uh, against the Japanese fella, uh, Nakatani. So it went under the radar a little bit, but yeah, 12-round uh, decision from Lopez. Uh, and that, that was the uh, IBS eliminator, I believe. So Richard Comey is uh, the champion at the minute. So Lopez could be in for a, a, a you know, I can't, you know, that's going to be another good one, isn't it? Can he, can he pick up the IBS belt? Who knows? Uh, Comey's sort of a bit underrated at, at the minute. So that'd be an interesting fight. Um, so that was the only other fight that happened that we may have just missed. Um, yeah, but just, uh, again, just brilliant uh, weekend of boxing and, and it's great to cover it and have a, and, and discuss how, how our predictions went. As, as <laughs> Yours went well, Sean. I think I lost a couple. I got a couple wrong, but, you know, <laughs> what happens. It's probably it's probably one of the weekends where I've actually got it nail on the head as well. Like I do, we do this every every week, don't we? Like yeah, exactly, all of them. We do it every week, and I think um, I think like it's probably been the best weekend for me in terms of uh, calling the fights and how they would go down. So yeah, pretty pleased with that one. But guys, obviously, if you've listened to the podcast, you've really enjoyed it. You know what to do as always: go and follow us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod. We're on Twitter, and then we're on Facebook, BTR Boxing Podcast. Find us on there and follow us. Because because you'll see all the latest episodes from all the different series that we run. If you've not already subscribed to the podcast to get all the latest episodes, you can do so by checking us out on Apple Podcasts. We're on Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, Spotify, Eat Sleep Boxing Repeats YouTube channel if you want to get it through there as well. But that is it from ourselves for this review episode of the Weekend's Action. Check us out for later in the week when we've got more episodes coming. We'll have Legendary Nights, Leonard versus Hagler. We're also going to be doing a tribute episode to the late, great Pernell Whitaker coming up this week. So check it all out, guys. Subscribe, rate and review. We really appreciate all your support and we'll see you on the next episode.
Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.